0: Welcome to the Truth Be Known Podcast, bringing you the objective truth boldly, candidly, and without apology. Welcome to this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Be Known Podcast. I'm Nathaniel Jolly. And I'm Eki Tepsiporchai. Uh well brothers good to see you we just had christmas a uh, couple days ago i'm i'm struggling that's to right. remember what part of the week i'm in right now uh but it's tuesday so sunday we had christmas on uh, sunday and um it, you know that's just really phenomenal to think about considering what the topic of today's podcast is going to be gluttony <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's one that's going to convict many of us over the holidays i'm sure
0: yeah um so it it, it's a good podcast topic and so we're doing a, a counseling series where we're going to hit several counseling topics that often come up and some that don't uh like gluttony in fact i particularly wanted to do gluttony because i think it's one that it it normally comes up in the form of an ad hominem attack right uh when you're correcting someone biblically and then i think there's probably given our western culture a lot of misunderstanding around what is gluttony actually um and and so i thought it would be a good topic it it is a problem in our culture but i think it's not what people think it is
1: yeah we um you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Um that's that's one thing to keep in mind. Um but but also I think um gluttony like many other topics throughout the scriptures um is is often um, read with maybe current cultural understanding rather than focusing on what the bible is emphasizing with that. So i think this will be an interesting discussion. It may not change um, how people use that term and, and the way they attack others with it, but i think it's good for um, those of us who who love the the word of god to consider exactly what it says.
0: Yeah, and it, you know, just by the way, it, at the beginning here, anytime it, Christians should never resort to ad hominem attacks, right? It just that right. should that should not happen. But it, it when when that's your argument when that's your go-to you you've lost whatever conversation you have or your argument uh you you've lost that right because that is not an, an intellectually honest way to take a conversation if you're debating a topic right um so someone says that uh you know two plus two is four and your response is well you're fat that that that, that, that that's kind of what we see right um so, how do we define gluttony? More importantly, how does the Bible define gluttony? Many people will just state the obvious, and I'm going to be pretty candid uh, during the conversation because I'm a fat guy, so I, I can I can say these <laughs> things. Um, many people believe that being overweight is synonymous with being a glutton, but when you look at the scriptures, when you consider how the term is used, where it's used, um, and what other things it's often linked to. There's really no way you can walk a, walk away from uh, Scripture thinking that being over, overweight or, or, or obese is synonymous with being gluttonous. Can you? Sure. I mean, could that be true? Absolutely. It could be true. Um, but we kind of get to this uh, causation and correlation type thing, right? Yeah. Um, but then what about skinny people? If you believe that uh, being overweight is a sign of gluttony, then are we to say that skinny people can't be gluttonous? Or what about right, Olympic exactly, exactly. What about Olympic athletes? Do you know how many calories some of those guys pack on? Uh, I remember the guy who won, I, I think he won the gold medal for swimming. Uh, if, if I remember correctly, and he was talking about eating like Ten thousand calories in a day, and like you know, a couple whole pizzas and things like that. Yeah, right, um, right, right. So, what do you do with guys like that? Are are it, it, they're definitely not fat? Uh, is it possible to be gluttonous uh, in in that way? So, uh, there's a lot of questions that should be asked, and I guess the first one would be: Is it even possible, Eki? Uh, I'll ask you ask you this question: Is it even possible to tell? just by someone's appearance for sure whether or not they're struggling with the sin of gluttony what what are your thoughts on that
1: no no i I mean even even if you, you were just to define gluttony as overeating which i would say it's more than just that but even if you were just to define it as overeating we already know by looking at people that some people can eat a whole ton and stay thin. And some people can eat very little and and uh, and, and, and get overweight. And, and we know there are other issues that could be a play. Thyroid issues could end up causing someone to gain a lot of weight, even though they're not eating a whole lot. So we certainly can't judge the book by its cover. We can't look at someone and automatically conclude that that person is guilty of, of gluttony and yes it is um very possible for someone who is thin who appears to be in good shape to be guilty of gluttony depending upon how they live their life even if we're just talking about overeating but i think as we go through the scriptures we're going to see that it's more than just someone who eats too much right yeah um I, I think it gets into the it gets into the realm of laziness and and the word gluttony is often associated with with drunkenness so if you kind of have that picture um someone who eats and drinks and is lazy and Contributes nothing. Um, I, I think that's really what we're looking at, and it's a it's a form of what I would say hedonism, where you're just living for pleasure.
0: Yeah, and definitely not um, John Piper's. You know, trying to redeem that word. We're not talking about his version of Christian
1: hedonism, right? Hedonism, I, right? I
0: hate that term anyway. It's not a, a positive term, but but anyway, yeah. So how do we define gluttony? Well, it's interesting. Um, it, you can go to a lot of sources. The one thing that you find consistent is that none of them are consistent um it, 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 yeah. lots of people have kind of a different take so one site says that gluttony is the sin associated with an unhealthy indulgence and in material delights usually food uh, however it's not just eating to excess but it can include drinking screen time lustful thoughts and behaviors and similar types of obsessive love and material pleasure it's creating an idol out of something material often consumable That's not a bad definition. Um, Augustine believed that it was related to how we sought out food and what the reason was behind it, as opposed to how much you were consuming it. Um, Other places just simply talk about how it's excess in eating, right? Portion control almost. Uh, C.S. Lewis is very interesting uh, because in his screw tape letters, if you're familiar with that, um, he, he actually has a scene in there that deals with gluttony and it's describing these old ladies who always insist on the smallest cup of tea right and they reject anything else that's offered and so lewis would say that they were gluttonous because they put their preferences and food wants before and over the convenience of others right Mm. um although it was just the slightest little bit of tea that was perfect and So, we find a whole lot of different uh, kind of thoughts behind what gluttony is. I uh, remember reading um, a a brief writing that John MacArthur had. I I guess he told the story somewhere and it was written down. Um, But basically, a man came to see him in his office who confessed that he was struggling with the sin of gluttony. And MacArthur's response is, well, you you look like you're in good health you certainly don't look um now that was just commentary right and then the guy goes on to explain how his struggle is that the thought of consuming of the 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 thought of food constantly consumes him right that's mm. what his focus is that's what his thoughts are um his lifestyle revolved largely around that and clearly it was uh, something that was bringing him emotional turmoil such that he would come to the pastor and talk about it, um, and, and so we see that as well. So, so we have all those kinds of, of things that uh, thoughts that kind of center around gluttony. Um, it's interesting because, so then the question is, well, what does the scripture say about gluttony? Because we really need to take our definition from that. Right. Um, and there are only a few passages in the bible that even yeah. mention gluttony i mean this yeah, is interesting it come up often yeah. and one of the things that i hear even from believers who we would appreciate and love and consider them brothers and sisters one of the things that i hear from time to time are, are things like well you know the we talk so much about homosexuality and the lgbtq movement and we need to address that but the church never talks about gluttony Right. Um, Well, what's interesting is that when you look uh, at those two topics in Scripture, one, um, the Bible is far more concerned with one over the other. Not to say Mm -hmm. that gluttony is not a sin, um, but the Bible even itself gives more attention to sexual purity then it does the issue of gluttony um hmm. and beyond that interesting you find the issue of homosexuality for example in a list of vices in scripture you know you never once actually find the sin of gluttony in a list of vices in scripture it, you you find gluttony but it's never in a list so just some yeah. interesting right. observations right um yeah what, what are your thoughts on that so far
1: yeah, and I'm already hearing the naysayer who hears this and might be thinking, "Well, you guys are now um, elevating one sin or over another, and making some sins to be quote-unquote more respectable kinds of sins." And and we understand that. Look, um, any sin makes you guilty of it all, right? I we we are guilty before God. Even one sin proves uh, the the truth of our nature, which is that we are born sinners. So any sin, no matter um, how how small or how large it's perceived, it um it, it proves us to be rebellious rebellers proves us to be um disobedient to to our god um but uh, when we talk about those sins also we have to realize that there even when you look at the old testament law not all sins were punished equally right so i mean the sin of idolatry was treated as a very very serious sin that that was one that uh, would would lead to someone's death um the but the sin of gluttony you, you don't you don't necessarily hear people getting stoned to death for just being gluttonous now here's the thing though there are, there are instances, and I'm looking at, for instance, Deuteronomy 2120, which says, They shall say to the elders of the city, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Well, it goes on to say that that, that son should be stoned. But it's not because he's necessarily a gluttonous because he's stubborn and rebellious so normally those things come together it's laziness it's stubbornness it's, it's rebelliousness it's really just living for your own kind of desires and so i would say that the scriptures actually talk about gluttony often even if it doesn't mention the word but it's really about hedonism it's it's mm-hmm. about doing what you want to do rather than um doing what god has called you to do
0: yeah and it there are only seven passages in At least in the ESV, I'm pretty sure the NASB as well, that that used the word or a form of the word of gluttony, right? You just read one, Deuteronomy. Now, that's interesting. I, I, let's just go through those real quickly and make some observations. Uh, in, in the Deuteronomy passage, you notice that it's tied with drunkenness, right? You go to Proverbs 23, 20, says, yep. Be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat. Uh, yep. Then the next verse for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and slumber will clothe him with rags. Uh, so all right. three of those, right, we see it paired with drunkenness. Um, Titus one twelve is another passage. Says one of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, "Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, mm-hmm. lazy gluttons." It's not paired with there, but it is paired with other. Things um, yeah. and then Proverbs twenty eight seven. The one who keeps the law is a son with understanding, but a companion of gluttons shames his fathers. Now those are five of the seven passages. The only yeah. other two passages are found in the Gospels, and they mm-hmm. were actually yeah. slanders against Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, in in Matthew and in Luke we have uh, uh, Ma- Matthew eleven in. I can't remember the chapter in luke but it says that the son of man came eating and drinking and they accused yeah. him of being a glutton and a drunkard right yeah. um so those are all the verses that we have uh, that speak specifically to that use the term gluttony or a form of it right um and and so what you don't see in these verses is obesity I, any indication of the person's in fact If you consider the time period in which this was written, uh, they would not have had a cultural obesity problem like we have today. They they just wouldn't. Right. And so that wouldn't have likely even been a thought for anyone reading this, probably for the great majority of history, wouldn't you say? Um,
1: Yeah, I I would agree with that. and. Um, a lot of times our profession has has um, a lot to do with this so some people have professions where they're doing a lot more physical activity than others um, in the modern era we have a lot more of the office or the desk jobs where people are behind a desk and they're not doing as much physical activity as someone who's, say um you know a farmer you know someone who's um, a construction worker someone who's who's laboring physically you know th- those kinds of professions they're going to naturally burn off a lot more calories and just because one has one job and another has another It doesn't make one immediately more sinful than the other. So we understand that there are a lot of factors that go into how you end up looking. And someone may actually be physically active really out of necessity for just working and still be a glutton because they live for their own pleasures, um, both eating and drinking. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and again, as you pointed out, the eating and drinking often come together and and often they're tied together with laziness, uh, rebelliousness, um, disobedience. Um, so when you put them all together, you get a picture of someone who's just living for their own passions, their own lusts. And and even I think it was the Apostle Paul that talked about false apostles as being those who um, you know, their their God is really their stomach. You know, they're they're just looking to to kind of feed themselves. So you you've come across people that really just live for that. And then there are people that they, they, they're big, they may admit to you they're overeaters, um, or, or they, they eat too much, they need to go on a diet and whatnot. And yet, for many of them, I would not consider them to be lazy people who are rebellious or disobedient. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, when I went to visit you up in Alaska, in the time that I was up there, uh, we certainly enjoyed some pizza, but you made an exception for that, because one, you love pizza, and two, you knew I love pizza. And so you made an exception to actually your diet, which was to really not eat pizza all that often um so being around you um you, you know, i did not see the lifestyle of of a glutton though no, you know we both of us i mean i i know from my height heyday i'm probably about 30 40 pounds above where i was when i once was doing a lot of half marathons when i was at the peak of my physical conditioning so i could easily say i need to lose weight as well uh, but I, I don't think anyone's going to anyone who's observing me will will think that I'm just living a lifestyle of, of laziness. So we have to take those things into consideration and, and we look at these passages and, and see that gluttony is typically associated with with a number of other sins that has to do with just overall laziness, a pursuit of passion, and just being evil and and, uh, and rebellious towards God and and really just an evil influence upon society.
0: Yeah. And like you say, every verse that we see, we we see that there is, I, I mean, gluttony is tied up with a mentality of just kind of, to use the popularized fla- f- phrase, living your best life now. Um, yeah. in, you know, in, in indulgence in lifestyle generally to the detriment of spiritual health in life, right? Um, and so, gluttony really has absolutely nothing to do with someone's outward appearance and I, if, if i were going to define it i would say in the broader sense it could be understand it could be understood as a fixation on something typically food to the degree that it hinders your spiritual walk um, and and that could play out in a lot of different ways um, it, it, you know I, I think of the the guy that uh, went to see john MacArthur and that kind of story it, you know the, that guy, I think, probably, just based on what we know of the story, rightly judged that he, he's a glutton. right? Food consumed what he did in life, his thoughts. No. But it isn't just um food, right? If you think of the prodigal son, that was gluttony. That lifestyle was a gluttonous lifestyle and it's interesting because if you go to proverbs 23 and 21 and you actually look up the word glutton there you're going to find that what that word means is someone who is loose morally worthless or a prodigal or a riotous eater that that's what Mm. the word means um it's used in at least two or three passages i know i've looked the word to see if it was the same word it that's used there in the old testament so that's what the word means So, you you can't look at, you know, someone like Charles Spurgeon, who was a fat guy, um, and say he struggled with the sin of gluttony. In fact, if you say that and you don't know that he struggled with that, you you would be guilty
1: of slander, slander,
0: right? So, we shouldn't be casually tossing that around just because people are obese. Um, You know, I'm a fat guy, uh, but… I'm definitely not a glutton, um, you know. I don't live that lifestyle. No one that knows me would accuse me of that lifestyle. Right. Yes, yes, I like pizza, and when I <laughs> go, uh, when, when I when I am on campus at Masters next week, guess what? I'm gonna have a slice of pizza somewhere. Uh, we don't have it here where I live. So, anyway, um, but but all to say, in all seriousness, we need to be very careful when we look at brothers and sisters and we judge them as being in sin before god when in reality we don't even know what the word means that we're using and so we slander them
1: right yeah and even um, i'm looking at proverbs 28 verse 7 where it says he who keeps the law is a discerning son and who he who is a but he who is a companion of gluttons humiliates his father well i mean think about the contrast there i mean first it talks about those who keep the law. So keeping the law means you are obeying God's commandments. You are a follower of the law of Moses. But it says that he who keeps the law is a discerning son. Well, what is it mean to be discerning well it's to have wisdom it's to be able to discern yeah. uh, good from evil right so th- those are good traits that's that's what every christian should aspire to be someone who knows the word of god and is able to discern good and evil based upon the word of god well the flip side is the one who keeps companion of gluttons he's the one who humiliates his father Well, you look at that, and immediately that's like, well, wouldn't you want to focus on rebelliousness or something like that if you're really trying to contrast it? Well, I think that is a true contrast, because those who um, who is a companion of gluttons, that means that you are hanging around those who really live for their own appetite. They live for their own passions, and they live for their own desires. Guess what? You're not going to be a person who keeps the law. You're not going to be a person who is discerning. And in fact, the real fruit of your life is that you're going to humiliate your father. Now, I I would… I would say with absolute certainty that someone who's overweight—that overweightness should not be the reason that the father is humiliated, um, especially if that person is productive in society, um, or you know, especially if that person knows knows the Lord is growing in the Lord. You know, at that point, you know, who cares? You know, what that person's weight is—that that's not going to be the reason for humiliation. The reason for humiliation is that a father has raised a son who is essentially good for nothing and that's really the idea there when you have a companion of gluttons that means you yourself are glutton you're being influenced by gluttons and uh, really the fruit of that is nothing like the one who keeps the law and and knows what it means to be discerning
0: yeah and that makes perfect sense in that passage when you realize that the word is speaking about someone who's loose morally um, or yeah. or riotous eater or even a prodigal those are in the meaning of the word itself because then consider the shame that the prodigal son brought right to his yeah. father while he was away um and, and so it really does make good sense there so we we shouldn't confuse poor eating habits um w- with the sin of gluttony it's not the same thing someone may have terrible eating habits but that doesn't mean they're a glutton um In fact, if you live in the South, a lot of you have terrible eating habits because you drink two gallons of sweet tea a day. And you might not look like me, um, but you consume more calories than I probably do just in drink, right? So while that may not be the healthiest thing for you to do, it's not the same as gluttony. So you can have your sweet tea. Don't worry. I'm not going to take that away from you. Um,
1: let, let me uh, l- let me actually point to uh, another example that doesn't mention the word, but something worth considering. In John chapter 6, Jesus fed the 5,000. And it's very interesting. In verse 11, it says, Jesus then took the loaves, and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated, likewise also of the fish, as much as they wanted. Okay, it says, as much as, it didn't say as much as they needed it says as much as they wanted. And I, I tell you what, it, it doesn't say this here, but I bet that's the best fish anyone's ever eaten. Right. I mean, you're, yeah. you're eating food right from the Lord Jesus Christ and the crowd that was there, they ate as much as they wanted. Now, if gluttony is is a sin the way people describe it, well, then it's really going above, above and beyond what you need, mm-hmm. right? It's it's eating more than than what you need. Well, in that case, you can say that everyone who took part in this was guilty of gluttony. Well, then you've got to say, well, Jesus Christ is the one that gave them the the food in order for them to be gluttonous. It's, it's a ridiculous um, conclusion to draw from that. But it is very clear that they ate as much as they want uh, of the fish and of the bread, probably the best meal that they've ever had. Um, yeah. you don't see the denouncement there because it's really just one meal and we come around christmas time and i know especially if you're in in a larger church or you've been in a church for a little while you know this time of season man i you know i've got i've got so many people that brought sweets and 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 breads and and all kinds of just carbo rich foods that if i were to eat all of them oh my goodness i'm not even sure i'd probably have diabetes by next month right Um, But this is how people express love to one another as well. And I don't think anyone's going to accuse me of being a glutton just by eating some of what was given to me as a gift right yeah. now if i live out my life like that and all i'm thinking about is the next meal and or i'm thinking about what am i going to eat what am i going to enjoy today and i'm just living day to day just thinking about what i'm going to eat above and beyond everything else and and you know those kinds of persons that are driven by their lust in that way can easily be driven by their lust in multitude of ways just as you mentioned that in some contexts glutton can mean someone who's sexually loose or immoral or, or someone who's a, a prodigal not just someone who's over Eating so gluttony really think about it think about these contexts and then recognize that just because someone is overeating it doesn't mean that you can just throw that accusation at them
0: yeah and when we're talking about feast i mean look we need to be careful because god established multiple feasts he did and and if you know anything about feast well it's just exactly what we think it is today there was plenty to go around um in, in the early church the 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 love meals that they would have, um, which you know it seems like they stopped because people were abusing that. Um, I, I mean, it sounds like there was plenty of stuff to go around there. And so, in fact, if we look through Scripture, the overwhelming um, the overwhelming view that Scripture has towards food is actually positive. Um, meal times together, feasting yes. together, that sort of thing. I, well, I and that's mean, why
1: Jesus was was accused. He exactly. was accused of that because. He sat yep. down with sinners, he dined with them, he ate with them.
0: And and that's an interesting, That that's a really good point, because look, he would have had to have the appearance, right, for that accusation to even be made. Um, and, and so again, we've got to be very careful, right, just uh, uh, accusing the, even a whole nation. Now, is gluttony a problem in our country? Absolutely. Is it uh, the problem in the church that a lot of people think it is? I don't think it is, Right. Um, Because you would would have to find people who are being controlled with the desire to live in perpetual excess. And that that almost become, well, gluttony is a form of idolizing, right? And so, Mm -hmm. if if that's not the case, then maybe, you know, again, if you live in the South, you eat everything double battered and deep fried. Not healthy.
1: Right. Right.
0: (laughs) Uh, does not make you a glutton? I mean, look, in the, in state fairs in, in the South, y- you can, and I'm not kidding, you can buy things like battered, deep fried sticks of butter mm-hmm. and Oreos yeah. and all kind of crazy stuff. Um, not gluttony. Now, I do want to talk about uh, two things that really are gluttonous and maybe just, uh, Eki, we can walk people through as we close up what to do if you really are struggling with gluttony, right? So we're doing these counseling uh, episodes and maybe someone is saying, well, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily eat all the carb-rich stuff, but food really does have way a way bigger place in my life. Or maybe you live for uh, the fanciest food you can find uh, and it kind of controls, right? Your, your lifestyle, it controls your money, your spending. Look, if, if if you're seeking out particular and rich foods takes away from your giving, your right giving, um, or money you should be spending on bills or things like that, those might be yeah. real indicators, right, of, of gluttony. Partying, I mean, when you see gluttony in Bible, you're really describing the party yeah. kind of life, yeah. right? People right, who are right. going – from this to that, looking for eat and drink, and that's what rules their life. That's really what we're talking about. But then there are two other prominent ones, anorexia and bulimia. Um, it, these are the, these are issues of gluttony. Now, uh, it, that might sound confusing at first, yeah. which is why I saved it for last. But someone who's either anorexic or bulimic, what controls their life? food right yeah. that's what's being played out it's either in excess or not enough right but the mind is constantly focused on the consumption of food um and, and they're letting them they're, they're letting that control their lifestyle and it's detrimental right um so those are things that truly are gluttonous when fear and um, neglect and things like that are revolved around uh, food, then you're, you're looking at gluttonous types of lifestyles. What, what are your thoughts on that? Have you ever counseled anyone
1: dealing with, with those things in particular, Eki? I mean, I'm no, sure you've not, thought about actually, it at some stage. Yeah, not, uh, not not specifically, but I, I think I think it, it shares in common a, a lot of issues that that um, I, I have seen people with, uh, for instance, um, alcohol addictions or, or drug addictions, and maybe a better word to use there is enslavement. They're they're enslaved to substances or, or drugs um, or a particular way of life, and and what it comes down to is this: um, what do you live for? Right. What, what is most important in your life? Uh, what what um, you know? What are you desiring um, out of life? And then, really, for us as we follow Christ, our, our, desire, should, our, our desire should be to glorify God. Um, it, that's that's the purpose by which we were made, and so we we want to glorify God by knowing Him, um, by following Him by sharing him uh, with the world and by living in a way that, um, that, that is worthy of the calling by, by which we've been called. So a, a lot of this is just the, the same approach that we take to any kind of idols in life you know, examine your life to figure out what are the idols in your life. And and some of the ways that you can identify idols, it's something that you're willing to sin in order to obtain or it's something that you sin in response when you don't obtain it, right? Something that occupies your mind. Or I remember back in the day when we used to have checkbooks and people would always write, uh, whenever they make payments for almost anything, it would have to come out of their checkbook. And John MacArthur used to say, I can tell what are the idols of your life just by looking at your checkbook. Mm-hmm. You know, so look at where your time is going, look at where your money is going, look at um, the areas where you're failing to meet your responsibilities and ask yourself the question, why am I failing to meet those responsibilities? Because you gave those examples of people who do a lot of partying. And you know what, what happens with people who do a lot of partying, they they expend so much energy and time in those excesses that it ends up affecting the rest of the week when they should be um, going to work, when they should be productive, when they should be doing something that's positive as a contributor. Um, element to to society. And and so when your responsibilities are not being met, it's because something else is occupying your mind or something else that you've made into an idol is preventing you from meeting those, uh, those obligations
0: yeah absolutely i'm just you know thinking of those few things and that's exactly what you would talk about um you know it's interesting every day i post a portion of or at least it's where it comes from first corinthians 10 31 you know whatever you do do it for the glory of god well the whole verse says whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all for the glory of god Mm -hmm. which is very interesting because here you have eating and drinking specifically listed as a a, as something that you can do for the glory of god you know anorexia you're dealing with neglect and fear and the demonizing of food such that it paralyzes your entire life right um food food becomes that which you're a slave to rather than christ you know and so we would consider those verses like first corinthians 10 31 um food we we It's neither here nor there, right? Uh, It's not something that should be demonized. It's not something that should be idolized. And either one of those, we would have to deal with those. Bulimia, again, uh, the compulsive or excessive consumption of food and then purging, right? Um, But it's still the same kind of thing rather than looking at what God has given us um, and glorifying him and enjoying it. I mean look, if you have a taint, if you have a tainted view of food, then what do you think about the marriage feast of the lamb? right you know, um, you know w- w- how do you view the Lord's table, right? W- right which is you know and so those are very real and, and very sad ways that that the sin of gluttony is deeply rooted in people, and it can have dire
1: consequences and in fact, it can lead to death, right uh, in severe yeah. cases. Right. And, and in terms of counseling, I'm, I'm thinking of Philippians chapter 4, verse 12, when Paul says, I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. And right in that example, um, Paul, uh, Paul uses a few different contrasts, but one of them is being filled and going hungry. Um, and really, the secret uh, to 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 contentment is to to live for christ right so i mean that that entire passage in verse 10 starts out in verse 11 says not that i speak from want for i have learned to be content in whatever circumstance circumstances i'm in so whether he's filled or whether he's going hungry his his success in life his contentment in life is not based upon his circumstances and when you use those examples of for instance um, anorexia or bulimia bulimia um really uh, that person is judging Their value, based upon external appearances, yeah, and they're treating the 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 way to get to that road of success uh, through food, or in in this case, a lack of food. In the case of anorexia, they're they're starving themselves. In the case of bulimia, I believe they eat and then they 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 purposely throw it back out, right? So so they're it's a very unhealthy relationship with food, but it's even more than that. It starts with an unhealthy view of how they value their own lives whereas we as christians the way we value our lives is not by how we what what we appear like to the world it's not by some physical image that we're trying to live up to the way we value our lives is first that we have been redeemed by christ so our life has value because jesus christ purchased us um, with his blood our life now belongs to him which means that now we follow after him we seek to know him we seek to share him we seek to glorify him just by the standard of our life the way we walk so a lot of that is an unhealthy view from top to bottom in terms of your purpose in life who you are and what you live for and in many cases i think it might it, it, there might be very good reason to believe that someone who's struggling with these things might not have known Christ to begin with. Now I'm not saying that 100% for sure, but looking at that um I, I really want to know if that person knows Christ, if they understand what Christ did for us and what his what is his call for us now that uh, we have put his faith into him because um if someone is going that route where they're measuring success by how they look or how much food they're taking or how much food they're not taking, they've completely lost mm-hmm. um, the, the main storyline of what it means to be a Christian.
0: Yeah, and the consideration there is, right, how how they view their own body and how others might yeah. view their own body. And that consumes their life and food becomes the God by which they control that outcome, Right. And so there are a lot of a lot of problems tied up in those things. Um, but, you know, as you said, just like everything else, if someone is listening to this and, you know, and they're dealing with either one of those things, well, yeah. then the scriptures, I mean, we have the answers. We The scripture has the answers that we need. Fundamentally, you know, every issue of counseling is going to come down to how we view, how we understand God, how we understand ourselves in light of who God is and how we understand the world around us right um and and when those three things are properly aligned with scripture um you start to see those issues come under submission to the authority of christ and the word and go away uh, because that's where they stem from so any last thoughts on the sin of gluttony. I I mean, I think we've kind of (laughs) covered it. We don't need to spend an hour and a half on this one. Um, You know, a good exercise, I'll say this and then let you wrap us up. Um, If you're listening and you're not sure, right, and you have that thought, well, you know, I'm I'm overweight, so am I a glutton? Um, I hope that's been answered. But, you know, one thing is, does food control your life to an extent where you're unwilling to do things like fast occasionally? Um, mm-hmm. you know, those are good, just small questions. I mean, I've known men who were, you know, heavy set men who had more and a better spiritual discipline of fasting than most Christians I know. They'd never tell you mm-hmm. that. You would never know that. Um, and it would be interesting because a lot of believers would look at, uh, look at this person and just assume he's glutton when in reality, um, his lifestyle is quite a bit more in line with uh having spiritual disciplines you know than other people and so hopefully that's helpful things to consider any last thoughts
1: yeah, just think of your life in terms of how you are a steward of what God has given you. I, that's really the bottom line. Mm. The, the the talents, the gifts, the the time, the, the money, resources that God has given to you, how are you using those things? If you're using those things for your own pleasure when you are um, called to do something else, um, and you do that as a regular way of life, then you need to repent right and and that's that's really true for any aspect of our life and i'm not saying that i'm perfect or you're perfect uh, we all fall short and i understand that um, there There is an issue of overeating that uh, a lot of us kind of suffer through, um, but there's a difference between someone who may overeat versus someone who's a true glutton in the biblical sense. And hopefully that's been clear just by our discussion here and just going through these verses. So I would just urge caution about using that word and and really consider um, what it is that means and, and even do just a little word study so you can have a clear in your mind um, what you mean when you say the word gluttony or how you might be able to um, gently provide correction to someone else who misuses that word
0: yeah you can be not the best steward of the body god's given you without being a glutton right um and and those things are are things that we should all consider you know so hope that this has been helpful uh, to you um, as always, you can send us an email, the email's in the show notes. We would love to hear from you, topics that you would like to hear us cover, or if you have a testimony about an episode that was helpful to you, um, we would really, I, I mean, every now and then we get those things or we hear someone post um, something that they heard and what God did, and and it's it's God, it's, it's not us. But we'd really love to rejoice with you. Um, And so that's why we ask for those things. It's always such a joy to see God, what God's doing in, in people. And so, well, thank you for listening. And until next time, let the truth be known.